0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Light the Fight. I'm David. And I'm Heidi. And let's get going, Heidi. So today what we're going to do is we're going to jump right in the deep water of answering some questions from our event last month. We apologize to all the people who we promised we'd get to their questions and we're taking forever. (laughs) So we're going to try to do a lot of rapid fire questions today. Um, But before we get to the rapid fire questions, we'd like to give a couple shout outs. Where'd my cellular device go? Oh, found it right here. It shouldn't be too far from me, (laughs) me, right? Who keeps their phones far away? I don't
1: think it's actually a cellular device, but... I mean, it's cell reception. Yeah, okay. Well, it's not an analog device. Do you talk to people on the phone?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, um, before we get to that, uh, answering the questions, I did want to give a couple shout-outs to some of our loyal listeners who um, took the time to go to apple on their uh, itunes um, podcasting app and just just say some really cool things and give us good reviews um so uh, so we'll start with one that just came in april 9th from jenny little at least that's what she says her name is um so uh jenny says this podcast is amazing i really love the raw and honest emotion that is shared as a parent trying to do my very best i want to provide the best for my child i'm loving what i'm Learning about myself and how I can help my child. Thanks. Well, thank you, Jenny Little. I love that. Yeah, that was really cool for, just a really good shout out. This next one I really liked too, and this was just on April 8th, from V. McCase. Um, so thank you, V. McCase. And I love the title. It's called Geeking Out. It says, I love to tell people that I'm geeking out over, the, over this podcast. My husband and I both listen to it, and we love to share things we're learning. It has changed the way we parent and has brought us closer as a team. Thank you so much for making this happen. Um, you have no, difference, no idea the difference it is making. Well, thank you very much. I'm not going to read uh, too many more, but I just want to give a couple more shots, shout-outs to Hills1144 for a great and uh, amazing review. Um, Amy, or Ame B15, thank you for the shout-out. Reque- Requelito, thank you for the shout-out. And Sek six seven seven. Oh, give one more eight zoo eight. Thank you for the shout out and for the review. And I believe in magic. We'll save that one for the last one. That's what they put their name now. Gave me how, Heidi gave me this look like I believe in magic. Well, yes, that is a song. <laughs>
1: I just was like thinking about Xanadu. Yeah, I know that, that's that exactly <laughs> right. Exactly. So
0: thank you for the creative name. I believe in magic, and for the great review as well. And thank you for everyone who's given us review on Apple. And, um, you can always go, if you haven't given us a review and you'd like to give us a great review, go to Apple. If you don't want to give us a great review, just, you know, just keep it yourself. <laughs> What's that saying? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Now watch, we're going to get like a, like 50, well, you know, now I'm going to tell them on a review how I really <laughs> felt. So I open up the can of worms. Um, oh, someone put a, this is chips and salsa and it's called four tires. The real deal. <laughs> um, Heidi is here right now with our stake in Morgan Hill. So this came in February. She is incredible to listen to. I'm just I'm I was scrolling further back. Yeah. So, anyways, again, thank you. And you can always leave a, a a review. Like I said, five stars is the best amount of stars you can give. So if you think we're five star worthy, please uh, click that five, <laughs> five star button.
1: Can I share? Can I share a message that came in that is a win? Okay. Okay. Since and then we're, we'll get since we're we'll glorying to, in our.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, we like to grease the wheels before we start I driving, mean,
1: sometimes right? Sometimes. Is, this is the best. Okay. Okay, this person says, I wanted to send you both a message. Heidi, I met you at Crop and Create in Cornwall. So this was an event that I went to. Crop
0: yeah. and Create?
1: You know what? It's very bedazzling.
0: <laughs> hey, I that is actually cute. That, yes, that's creative. It is. And
1: cute. Um, she says, I hugged you too hard. Those Canadians, though, they're huggers.
0: Oh. Oh, yeah, eh? They like to hug, eh?
1: Yeah. She says, what I didn't tell you was that we had almost lost our 15-year-old son to an overdose about six months before that. Parenting him has been very challenging in many ways. She kind of went on and talked about um, some of the things he was involved in and then some tough things that were going on in her family. Um, And because of her health situation that I'm not going to... I'm not going to go into, um, she says that she had a, basically a two-hour-a-day drive to go to treatment. And so she, she had two hours a day, and she says um, that she just listened to the podcast every day, choosing, and um, she kind of hopped around choosing different ones. She says she started to apply different strategies to, to her parenting. My relationship with my son has completely changed for the better. He's more open with me. I no longer linger, hover, and nag. He's much happier than he's been in a long time, and we're seeing gradual positive changes in all aspects of his life. Thank you both for these strategies, the openness, and for your courage. I think um, that's just the, that's that's kind of the message that we get a lot, which is, I was at the end of my rope, and so I didn't know where else to turn, I didn't know what else to listen to, and I... Took a chance and listened to your podcast, and I started to try these things and small, like notice that she says gradual changes. You know, this isn't um, there isn't going to be an overnight one hundred and eighty, right?
0: Well, and this is all you know gratitude. You know, we're getting these cool reviews and people saying stuff, but it's it's really you, the listener. Like, so everyone listening to this podcast right now. Take your right hand, reach around your left shoulder, and just tap yourself in the back a little bit. Okay, Do yourself that <laughs> I'm going to do it
1: too. Just, you know. Well, technically kinda, you kinda, are kinda, listening to me. I'm just so going to kind of massage a little bit too just because, you know. Got balls.
0: knots in your shoulder. <laughs> but no, seriously, tap yourself on the shoulder. Pat yourself on the shoulder because not only does it take time to improve any relationship that's worth improving, it also takes effort. and When you have time on a drive, you'd have to take the time to listen. But then like this, like that uh, person that you just uh, shared her comment, then she'd have to apply them. And then after you apply, you have to wait and see, you know, what type of response you start to get from your kids or your spouses, whoever you're trying this on. And over time, if you stick to it, you'll find that these little nuggets of information start to add up to wins that you can start to see a pattern with. You can start to see certain things happening in real time versus finding out, oh, shouldn't have said that, you know, a day later or shouldn't have done that or that didn't work out so well. So thanks for taking the time and making the effort to follow through with these things because we're just sitting here talking. You guys are the ones who are in crisis and chaos. And when someone tells you, just listen to this podcast, and you're looking at them saying, is the podcast called 911?
1: Right. Because you want Immediate results for sure. Well, not only do
0: you not want, yeah, you want immediate results, but it doesn't seem like when there's a fire burning that someone tells you to take a deep breath and calm or relax. And, right, you want and, to smack that person and model, yeah, you and model not freaking out. You're like, what are you talking about? Because it tells someone that their child is not in imminent danger when it feels like they're in imminent danger. It's really difficult. That's a difficult sell because. Their fight or flight system, their emotions, the reptilian part of their brain is saying, no, they're in serious danger. And with today's world, we don't even know half the time. Like, like with your story, Heidi, it's like, it's not so clear cut and dry. Right. We're always scared of those blind spots, that, that unknown. So for you guys to take the time to hear us talk about different things, things that Heidi wish she would have known, things that I've learned over time, but I'm still figuring out, as I work with people, I don't have any of this perfected. It's not a science. It's like, okay, one plus one equals two. Well, in the emotional, you can't do emotional math. Let's put it that way. You try to do, yeah, well, this relationship, I wanted it to go well with my kid and I bought them an Xbox, so it should go well. Well, in emotional math, it's more like one plus one equals five. And then one minus one <laughs> equals plus four somehow. Like, wait, it's supposed to equal zero. No, it equals four. It just doesn't add up is the point I'm trying to get to. And so for you guys to listen to each podcast, everyone that I've ever talked to that is a loyalist to podcast, they say the more you listen to, you start to get an understanding of there's something brewing. There's, there's commonalities or common factors. And yeah, you do have to listen to a lot of our bantering like right now. And guess what? If you listen to our ban- bantering, you shall be blessed, my child. You shall be blessed with knowledge and wisdom. From the mm-hmm. stars on high. No, but seriously, wh- when you listen to something that's maybe valuable, but you're not quite sure, you get these little nuggets, these little things that you just wouldn't get if you were to go say, are they going to tell me what I want to hear? They don't tell me what I want to hear. It's not fast enough. I'm gone. Well, that means you're not patient enough to do this type of work anyways. I so am. sit back in the pocket, listen to our bantering for a little bit, or there's like a 15 second skip ahead. Just get really good at skipping to the good <laughs> stuff. Okay. Either one.
1: All right, so we're going to jump into some questions. Today. Hi, hi, hi. And um, so I haven't, I haven't shared these questions. So what our goal is, we're just going to rapid fire these, and David is going to answer them. Um, so the first question: How do I convince my husband, and or wife? I added that to go to therapy. Okay,
0: great question. Well, thank you for ever sending the question. This is one of those. Very common questions that I hear. So as a family counselor, I'll usually this is how I mo, how I get most of the couples that I've had throughout the years. I'll be seeing a teenager, the teenager's having problems. Let's say the mom is the one dropping off said teenager. I'm getting to know the mom. And then the mom starts to say, Hey, uh, so you have any uh suggestions on how to get a male to come in and be a part of this process? Then Mom will maybe open up and share that she's been trying to get her husband to go to counseling. He said, we don't have any problems. Everything would be better if you just stop nagging so much. So I've heard this kind of stuff a lot. And of course, you know, I'm I'm thinking of a random mom, not anyone in particular. Usually they've tried lots of different things to get their partner to come to counseling. The problem is, is you're trying to tell someone that they have a problem with themselves and that they need to work on it. That's like trying to tell someone who doesn't want to eat healthy, doesn't want to exercise that they need to. You're going to get about the same response.
1: It's pretty much the worst.
0: You're going to get the same response. <laughs> they're going to say, well, look at all the things you don't do. Or they're going to say, well, you know, I, I've been working on all these things. They'll give you an hour description of all the things they ate that week. You know you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, just, you create a lot of unnecessary you know, conversation. The number one go-to is to tell your partner, your loved one, that I know I've bugged you about going to counseling. I know I've suggested this before, assuming that this person has. And then you tell them, but I decided that maybe it's just best if I just start going and talking to someone. Okay, pause there for a second. How do you think your partner's going to feel that you're talking to someone about them and they're not in the room to defend themselves? Concerned. Concerned, (laughs) okay? And it's not, and here's the thing. It's all how you do what I just said to do. You can't do as a threat. Again, do not do this in the middle of an argument or fight. Say, well, you know, I'd say let's go to counseling, but I guess, uh, you know, you don't need to go to counseling. So, so I'll just go to counseling and I'll just share with my counselor about how rude and how cruel you are to me. <laughs> okay. You don't want to take that approach. So simply when there's not a fight, you go to your partner, let them know that instead of trying to get them to go, you're going to go and talk about some stuff. You're Instead of saying, I'm going to work on myself, say, I'm going to go talk about some stuff because... Maybe I'm not communicating to you what's frustrating me. I've had lots of personal experience in life where I thought I was being really clear. I thought I was expressing myself, but maybe I'm just not doing as good enough job. So let me go figure some of those things out myself. One, it models for the person that you're willing to put some skin in the game. You're not trying to put it all on them. And two, you actually could use it, talk to someone. Assuming you get someone who's at least decent, to go and talk about your thoughts and feelings, that's not a lie. When, when I say we don't always clearly state our intentions, our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings to our loved ones the way we really should or the way we'd like to, that'd be an understatement. It's really difficult in a long day to articulate your thoughts and your feelings in the way that's going to increase the probability that you're going to have good conversations with your loved one. So tell them you're going to go first. Tell them that you know it's something that you can do for yourself and see where that conversation goes. If they say, hey, you know, listen, go ahead. You can go ahead and go. I've had, you know, partners say that to the other person. Well then go and go. Go for a little while. And then try different ways once you're going to get that person in. You never want to bring your partner or your spouse to a counseling or therapy session with a counselor or therapist that you don't even like. So go there for the first time. Try to work that out. Try to get a connection with that person. Then your your debate from that point is. Usually partners will say things like, well, after all the stuff you've said about me, they're probably going to hate me. Well, you can tell them, listen, this is your turn to go in and talk about me. I haven't thrown you on the bus completely. I'm trying to figure and work things out. The fear from the person who's not going to counseling is always the accusations, um, the, the horrible stories that were said. Let me let me tell you guys something out there. I can tell you as a counselor, I hear people complaining about the people they would do anything for Parents would take a bullet for their kids, um, you know, Partnerships, spouses sometimes that they really do still love each other, just fighting a lot, right? Yeah, of course. But at those moments, I'm listening to people's complaints left and right. As a professional, if I were to go, oh my gosh, he said what? She did what? Oh, hell no. You better divorce that fool. If I was to get all emotional and worked up, I would be your aunt, okay? <laughs> I'm not your aunt. I'm not your friend. I'm someone sitting back saying, get it out. Talk it out. Let's go. So just know that when you're going into counseling, don't have too many conversations with yourself about what it could be like. My spouse will never come. My partner will never like that. Oh yeah, just go for it. And if you tried it before and didn't work, well, guess what? You may have tried it in 2013, but it's 2019 now. Try it again. We don't stop, you know, eating food because, you know, we didn't like the food we ate our last meal. We just keep eating. (laughs) We just got to keep on going.
1: Well, and can I just add, um... You know it is interesting, and as I've, if you've if you've got teenagers or older kids that you're dealing with all this stuff with, then you chances are you've been with your partner for a long time, or yep. or you've got a new partner that's dealing with a lot of old problems. <laughs> you don't want to have a third right?
0: partner and get, go through another divorce.
1: So he, here's the thing, which I think is interesting. Here we are, and for right now, I talk to the moms out there because that's me. You are worried about your kid, thinking about what you can do. Maybe you're thinking about your body language. You're thinking about your face and and you're doing all this work to connect with your child because you're worried and you're scared. And this is your responsibility because you're the mother. And then you've got this relationship with your spouse that m- maybe is struggling. And then you turn over to your spouse and, and you f- throw flames that way, right? Because, because you don't have time to be his mom and your kid's mom and, you, you know, whatever. Like, what I'm trying to say is that these, the tools that we talk about here on Light the Fight aren't just between a parent and a child. The tools of, like, making statements and going first and not freaking out and benefiting of the doubt also are really important tools for everybody in your life and specifically your spouse. Your spouse is your number one, your number one responsibility, keeping that relationship together. And you know, I can remember when when Corey passed away um somebody that we really look up to and admire sat down with us and said you know 85% of families that lose a child to suicide lose their their marriage as well and we were really stunned by that type of a statistic i don't you know i don't have that statistic in front of me but i think but it but it's hard and i can i can attest to the fact that um Your relationship with your spouse needs to be your number one priority. And I think that as parents, it's really easy to think, actually, no, my kid is first. And I know that that mama bear comes out, but our relationship with our spouse are very important. And I think that we can all, all of us adults that are listening, all parents who are listening, can think to ourselves, How can I change or adjust or adapt or evolve the way that I'm interacting with my spouse to improve the trust and the safety and the connection in my relationship?
0: I mean, when you find some of your friends, ask them, okay, find your friends that have been to couples retreats that have been on a weekend or, you know, have done something super impactful with their spouse that causes them to go to places that they just don't have time to go during their day-to-day lives, during their weeks, and talk to them about what that experience was like. I'm guessing nine times out of ten, assuming they didn't go to some weird crackpot seminar, <laughs> assuming that they actually Googled where they're spending their money first, right? And there's got some good reviews or something. But you nine times out of ten, they will give you way more experiences or, you know, memories of having an experience where time stood still for a moment. Self-care that is a part of couples care. For sure. And couples care is a part of self-care. And you know I, I say that cuz we talked about that before and you know self-care is you know all the rage and been there, all the rage for a good reason, but couples care is is mutually and equally important. Because think of how much we get from our relationship with our partner. And when I say get from them, oh, we get some crap. We can get some, some diamonds. You know, it, it depends on the scenario. We can get tons of energy or we can get zapped of tons of energy. These relationships with their partners, just like with our kids, take a long time to develop. Always go first. If you don't know how to get them to go to counseling, or if you've tried a bunch of stuff, just go and figure it out as you go. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. Okay. Next question. How do you get your child to choose better friends, especially if their current friend is getting them into trouble? <laughs> I feel like I've lived this question. You've I feel like I question? know what you might say. But I but you better say it. <laughs>
0: well, should I start with what you don't do first?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because actually, it always helps me to know not what to do because that's usually what I'm doing. Yeah.
0: Well, I said earlier we were recording the um the Still Trippin' podcast, the, so a little plug for the Still and podcast. We got teenagers out there, young adults out there. Go check it out um, on iTunes. Um, but we were talking about it earlier that the more you chase or the, the more you chase them, the more reason they have to run. And so, when your kids have friends that aren't the best examples okay that, that's worrisome especially if they got in trouble them getting in trouble isn't your time to pull them aside and say hey don't you think you should have better friends don't you think you want to hang out with people that don't get you in so much trouble nope don't don't address it at all give your kid the benefit of the doubt tell them so you know what let's assume you don't know a lot about this friend Usually these are the friends they don't. Want you don't to talk know about. So just tell them. Say, listen, I know you got in trouble with your friend. You know, I remember growing up. There's a couple of friends in my life that they're the most fun, exciting friends, and I loved hanging out with them. And you know, sometimes they didn't always make the best choices, and sometimes I didn't always make the best choices. And uh, so I could sit here and tell you, don't hang out with those friends anymore because they're bad for you, and you're going go down a wrong path. But, you know, friends, we don't measure our friends based upon if they're good or if they're bad. We usually measure our friends based upon how they make us feel. So if your friend makes you feel good, if there's a loyalty to this friend, then maybe this might be an opportunity, you guys getting in trouble, to go to your friend, pull them aside, say, listen, we got caught. You now we got in trouble. Man, maybe we should think a little bit differently next time. Maybe we should just use this as like, hey, it was a good story, good learning experience. And, you know, see, see what happens. You know, you and your friend ha- might have a chance to increase your relationship and have a better relationship if one of you just opens up and talks about, you know, what was actually happening. You know, if if your friend thinks it was no big deal, if you think it was no big deal, then great. You guys can go off and start robbing banks together and have a good old time.
1: <laughs> Johnny Utah.
0: Yeah. But no, all joking aside, like it's okay to use light humor like that. But what you wanna do, and I'm telling a story, but what you wanna do is you always want to acknowledge that if this relationship is important to your child, then it's important to you. A little side note, you don't have to state that it's really worrisome to you. That's why it's important to you. You can just simply say, hey, listen, I know this friend is important to you, even though you got in trouble. You probably think I'm gonna say you can never see this friend, you can never hang out with them again. And I'm not saying that I want you to spend lots of time with this friend, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that this friend is important to you for some reason. And after you say that, see how they respond to it. If it goes well, say, "Listen, so here's what I want you to do." I'm not telling you, you can't hang out with them anymore right now. Here's what I want you to do: I want you to go ask your friend, go tell them, say, "Listen, what do you think about what just happened? You know, what do you think we should be doing? Like, are you getting tired of kind of..." running around, stuff like that. Cause I know we've had fun, but I don't know. Like, do you mind getting in trouble like this? Just kind of just see where your friend's at. Because a lot of times, especially I know with males, they do this a lot where a male thinks that another male sometimes has to like impress the other one. So you're thinking like, okay, I got to impress him. I got to do something cool. Well, I'll go see if I can, you know, eat that bug or, you know, light my other friend's, you know, shoe on fire. See if he feels it burning. Like there's stupid stuff that guys do to get other guys' attention. Sometimes guys don't even want to do the extreme stupid stuff that gets them in trouble. They just want to have fun, mm-hmm. right? So, and this one came up recently where a young man, who got in trouble, wasn't sure how to handle it. I just told him, just go to his friend and see what he thinks about it. Went and talked to his friend. His friend was like, man, my parents give me so much grief, blah, blah, blah. And they were both just so tired. It's like, you know what? Maybe we just had some good fun memories, some good stories. Like, yeah, we've been there, done that. And they both just kind of decided to like kind of mellow off for a little bit. If he didn't bring it up to his friend, the other friend didn't know he was thinking that way too, but no one wanted to kind of, if there's this machismo thing, like no one wants to admit that they're a coward or no one wants to admit that they're scared. And once they both did, it was relieving. Now it's only been you know a few weeks. Point is, try to help your your child have conversations with the friend that you don't like versus trying to shun them from that friend. Because if they come back and say, you know what, maybe this person's not a good person to hang out with me or for me to hang out with, they can still say, I like him or her and I shouldn't kick it with them right now. I can't mess with them right now because they're they're just, they're not taking school seriously. They're getting in too much trouble. Whatever it may be, use that approach instead of you can't hang out with these people anymore. Now, if it's something serious enough, don't take me too literal, guys. If it's something really, really serious and your kid got hurt in danger or there's serious drugs involved, you know, you may not allow them to be friends with them anymore. You can still say this, but on the back end, be like, oh, yeah, you can't hang out with them anymore. I'm just saying when you see them next time, you might want to, like, you know, see where they're at with everything.
1: I think one of the pieces of advice that you gave me um, when I was in this type of a situation, you just really cautioned me not to, um, like, bash on that friend you know and and turn my kid into a being super defensive and protective of that yeah cuz then which you is, then it you yourself happened.
0: between you and your your child and their friend you do not want to do that
1: which i didn't i didn't want to do and so um it took some finesse and it took some conversation and um i sort of had to let it play out i sort of had to let my child step back and say I think I'm done here, which luckily he did because I hadn't made it like like who's going to win, like a tug of war situation. Well, I would
0: say there wasn't a lot of luck involved because of you decided not to be like, no, you can't talk that boy. You know, like, the more you try to chase them or push them in a certain direction, the more they're going to have resistance, even though they don't necessarily know or they don't understand the long-term effects of this. And And I'm glad you said that, Heidi, because – it really comes down to how do you handle their friendship versus telling them they can't be friends with that person more. It's got to be a choice.
1: You know, and it, it was kind of interesting. In, in this situation, I was like, I'm pulling you out of this school because I don't want you to have anything to do with this kid. And, and my child was like, wait, Mom, you know, that's not fair. I feel like you're punishing me, you, you know. And, and so I, I listened and it was hard, but because it was on him, on my child, to kind of get him, you know, to defend his position of that he wanted to be able to stay there and he wanted to be able to prove, not, not prove, that, just but just change the situation, um, worked out to be a really good learning experience. And so I think that this approach of really talking about it, helping him process through it, rather than just being mad and telling him you can't do that anymore, which is what we want to do, let's be honest.
0: And and if you've said horrible things about the friend that you don't like your child hanging out with, you have to go back and take it back. Say, you know what? All the stuff I've said in the past, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been that critical and judgmental. I'm always telling you to not be judgmental and critical people. Right. I did the same thing myself. So you have that resets it. And then once you say that, say, listen, you obviously care about this friend, I always mean a lot to you. I just want to let you know that, you know, you know, this person obviously has some good traits about them. So, you know. Yeah. If there is something about them that, that you think is is worth being their friend and you were to share that with me, maybe that would help me understand your friendship a little bit better. Your kid's always going to like to share the things that they're interested in. We've talked about that a lot here on the podcast. Give them a moment to share that. That way, if you do have to take away them seeing that friend, it's not personal. It's just strategic. It's just I'm just being a parent now. Like, yeah, you got caught stealing stuff with that kid. Let's say... Your kids get caught stealing together. Well, I know he's more than just stealing or she's more than just stealing. So before I make judgments on your friends, stuff like that, you know, just I'm assuming that there's something about them that's, you know, makes them a good friend. And if they go into it and there really is a lot there, then you can be like, okay, so it sounds like it was just a mistake then. All right. Well, if it was just a mistake, we'll tell you what, you're grounded from hanging out with each other. You know, I'd really like to talk to his parents and I'm sure they'd like to talk to me too. And we can just work it out because we don't want to punish you guys for making a mistake. Then you get a chance to see what the vibe is from that kid and that kid's family. Because it may be just a rug rat kid. You know, most neighborhoods or most schools will have a couple of those kids where it's like nobody knows where their parents are at. You know, like they just, you know, you're working so hard on the playground with your little kid. If he hurts another kid, you go and say, don't you hurt that kid. If the kid hurts him. You go to that kid. You say, don't you hurt my son. That's not how we play. We take turns. You've been doing that your whole entire life. There's some parents out there, they don't care.
1: Right. They're checked and you're, out. You're shocked. And you're like, how <laughs>
0: could you not care? That's all I care about. I listen to podcasts. So it's called Light the Fight. And you're blown away and shocked. So what this does is it allows you to be an ally with your kid for help to help him or her sense who are the friends that you want to keep close and who are the friends you want to just keep as acquaintances. Because you don't want to be making quick enemies of people, especially you want to make quick enemies of the kid that's really desperate and doesn't have a lot of good friends.
1: I love that you just said, you know, be the ally. Yes. So I think that's a that's a good thing. You can always check yourself on am I being an ally in this situation? Okay, next question. You ready?
0: And you still lay down the hammer. You can't hang out with them, but be the ally first.
1: <laughs> okay, here we go. This is a this was a. I'm a soul sister to whoever wrote this qu- this question. How do you change the habit of skipping ahead with the conversation you've already played out? How do you listen while they start talking? How do you slow life down? and absorb what they're throwing you right now. I am the skipper-aheader, for sure.
0: Well, this is something, again, that I just talked about in the Still Trippin' podcast. And so <laughs> it's funny because I'm giving advice right now, I'm giving suggestions right now, that I just gave the inverted version of it to teenagers. So I was giving teenagers, like the episode we just did, it's going to be coming out and on Thursday, it's called Thirsty Parents.
1: Okay, <laughs> So parents... What he's saying is you probably should go listen to that. <laughs> well,
0: no. <I> mean, <laughs> I'm telling teenagers it's like how to come to your parents and address this issue with them. So um, it, re- go ahead. Read that question again one more time just because I just want to collect my thoughts. How do you change day.
1: the habit of skipping ahead okay. with the conversation that you – when the conversation has already played out in your head, how do you listen when they start talking? How do you slow down enough to absorb – they're actually throwing at you.
0: Okay. So what I just got done saying with the teen podcast is something to have in mind to help give you a little visual. Most parents that I talk to when they're in the middle of these situations, they're like, uh, uh, uh," they they get really panicked. They get anxious. They may have the tools I've told them that for some reason, they're just unable to engage at the right time. So here's what you want to do. I want you to imagine yourself. And then I want you to tell this to your kid. Okay. I want you to imagine that you are not the driver of this vehicle. So the vehicle is the conversation. Instead of you being the driver like you've been the majority of your child's life, jumping ahead. Remember the driver's the one that's got to pay more attention. Half the time, people in the car don't even know if you're almost there. You know, I mean they, they don't even know what's going on because they're just doing their own thing. So tell them, say, listen, son, daughter because I have this habit of going ahead and I just get all worked up, just acknowledge your mom, your dad, and you have this flaw and error about you. Like this is something you identified as a weakness of yours. And you, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to jump ahead and start assuming things. So let's do this. Let's just pretend that I'm giving you the keys of the conversation. You're the driver and I'm going to ride shotgun. And the reason why you tell them this is because you want them to know that you're there to support them and shotgun is the most second powerful position in the car. You do well, not you let want... your favorite
1: people sit in shotgun. Exactly.
0: You do not want your kid to put you where they tend to put you if you say things that they don't like. If you start judging them, criticizing them, or going too far ahead, because then they'll put you in the back seat, in the car seat with the childproof locks. There's nothing attractive and sexy about sitting in the back seat, especially the middle back seat where you can't even have window. <laughs> My point being is that if you tell them, I want to give you the keys to the conversation, I want you to be able to just explain to me and stuff like that. And I'm going to sit back here with the USB cord and I'm just going to be the DJ finding, the, okay, what kind of music do you want to listen to? Okay, I'm just listening to you. Like you're just talking. I'm just supporting to make the drive, aka the conversation, go smoothly as possible. But if you say this, now you're telling them what you're going to do. You're stating your intention It'll give them a lot more acceptance if you do want to engage in the conversation. And it'll also help them see that you want them to drive the conversation. If your kids feel that you have the agenda to cut them off and jump ahead and you start asking questions before they had a chance to give you their whole entire sales pitch that they've been practicing all day (laughs) or in their their mind, okay, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that because kids tell me all the time how long they'll think about their story they're going to tell their parents and when they start to say it their parents eyebrow goes up wait a second Without well, i thought you said you were at your friend's house at seven o'clock <laughs> no they weren't i didn't expect them to say that they were supposed to let me get through the story first <laughs> and then now they're jumping too far ahead so if you tell your kid "You're driver i'm shotgun and i don't want to be in the back seat so i know if i start asking you questions you to get too far ahead you're gonna put me in the back seat and i'm not gonna know what's going on up front So I'm going to sit here and shotgun, play my role, but like any good shotgun, I may ask you to kind of know what's going on every now and then. So hopefully you're okay with that. But I'm going to stay in my place. I'm going to sit back here and listen. Just give yourself this visual and it'll help you actually be that person.
1: I can remember when um, you and I had this conversation a lot because I was just really good. And what we called it was getting in the what you told me was I was getting in the time machine. You told me I got I to get out of the time machine. No,
0: that, that's what I call it to the parents. And the visual of it is actually because the kids, they want to drive. You know, it's a freedom thing. That's, right. that's the metaphor. But yes, right. the time machine. Tell everybody, Do you remember what I said about the yes, time machine? Yes,
1: because this, this really helps me because here's the thing. Something bad would happen and then I would immediately jump forward like 10 years and, and paint it didn't this take you 10 picture, seconds. Not right. I would just paint this picture of like life failure that was going to happen because of this situation. And, um, it was really hard. Like, uh, believe me, something goes wrong. I never like jumped 10 years ahead to successful oh, and a scholarship. No, you know, there was no, there were no positive destinations in my time machine flex capacitor. You know? What about when you jumped in the past? <laughs> Right. Even worse. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> that just validates the fear of the
1: future. Right. Or if I go way back to the past, too, I, just, I just miss your little chubby cheeks and back when you liked me. No, um, The past is
0: usually like, and just last year when this happened, their grades tanked and this happened. And then you go, so now in 10 years, they're not going to be successful and be living at my house. Yeah, People that also, they jump in the time machine, they go, the past or the future. What did we learn from the movie Back to the Future? When you jump and go to the past Not or the future. Idea. Not a good idea. Screws up the present. <laughs> it always screws up the present.
1: Exactly. And so I think I really love what, what you just said about, you know, let them have the keys. Let them drive your conversation. Let them, and, and really let them know that your intention is to, is to really listen and then do that, right?
0: If you have a boss that comes in and says, hey, listen, we want to prepare you for management and we're going to let you run every Tuesday's meeting." And then they tell you, okay, I'm just going to sit back on the side. I'm going to be helping you if you need some support or whatever, but I want you to run the meeting. They're telling you, A, they trust you. you, B, that they want you to excel. And C, it makes you feel like you have ownership in what's going on. Like you're you're a part of what's happening versus just someone who's receiving information.
1: Just quick story. But I have this really good friend whose son, um, he's in his 20s and he's at college and he just – wrote an essay that won like a whole bunch of, like a, a, a big award. And it was really significant. And she said to me, if somebody would have told me when he was 12 and he wouldn't write and he wouldn't read and he wouldn't listen to me and I thought he was never going to amount to anything, that in just a few short years he was going to be writing award-winning essays, I want to believe that, you know, and I thought, you know, we just have to let, we have to let them learn.
0: You never know.
1: Yeah. Like it's possible. It's, it's possible. Good things can come. They can still be successful people, even though they make stupid decisions. All of us can. Right. Well, anyway.
0: No. Yeah. and, And just another helpful reminder is that are you an ally or are you an enemy? Are you telling your kids you want to work with them? Or are you telling your kids that you doubt their capability? It's like, which message are you really sharing? Unfortunately, all too often, we have the intention of sharing the message that we're the support person, but we go ahead and start the support by sharing all of our concerns, all of our criticism, and all their failures. And then we add, but, you know, know, I know you're improving in some other areas. And all they heard was the horrible stuff.
1: Okay, you ready for another question? Let's do it. How do you deal with a child who does not show remorse when they get in trouble?
0: Well, you yeah. ship them away somewhere.
1: Military school?
0: Yes. Well, those, eh, those can be expensive sometimes. <laughs> hmm. What else could you do?
1: Gosh. I've never had this happen. All of my kids just feel so You guys can't see this because we're not
0: on YouTube yet, but I'm actually looking at Heidi like I'm wanting her to answer this one, or at least start it.
1: You know, this is like your worst nightmare because this is what I do, guilt tripping them. And just like, oh, you don't feel bad? Well then, and then it just starts, I just start grinding in on all the ways that actually they have insulted me and personally abused me and my love and my devotion and I birthed you just because like they're not showing their remorse and so you're like oh no you are going to show you are going to be miserable you missed
0: your calling you should have been a travel agent that was a lot of guilt trips hey (laughs) yo (laughs) boom (laughs) boom gosh we need to get on YouTube you can see her you can see her animation right now she's like really into (laughs) character almost like she's actually done it
1: no, oh, you guys, this is this is true because you know what? When they get in trouble, you got two choices. Mom, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I will never let that happen again. And I've got, I got one of those. Love, love that. <laughs> <laughs> then I've got one that just doesn't want to, doesn't want me to see the weakness, doesn't want me to get the satisfaction of knowing there's a mistake had. You know, so it becomes head to head.
0: So you did a really good job of telling us what not to do. Any ideas in this category? Can you think of anything else top of your head? That's why when I heard that question, and I didn't know any of these questions, I just looked at Heidi, I'm like, hmm.
1: Well, the number one, top of the list, hardest thing for Heidi to do is to not freak out. Right? So
0: So if you're not super keyed up, really high intense emotions. That child doesn't have to drop down to the bottom of the emotional floor and be completely empty of emotion.
1: Right. And then it's a statement situation and not ask, well, why would you do that? What were you thinking? Oh, you thought that that was a great idea? You know, so this, this is usually when I would, like, switch into, like, really trying to get them to admit.
0: Yeah, FBI interrogation. Yes. You know? Where was your remorse the night of July 23rd, 2018?
1: <laughs> you know, and so then I think that there becomes this situation where you can say something like, tell me what happened. And have a, let there be a conversation about it rather than an interrogation about it. Because there may be a a reason why no remorse is being shown, keyword, being shown. Because that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not fear, anger, shame going on inside there. But there's this whole, like, I know my mom's going to freak out, and so I got to, I'm going to play it cool. I'm going to play this off.
0: The, the less you freak out, the more their emotions can come out.
1: Oh, there's another one. We haven't heard that one. Brandon, write that down. This is this is true. This is so true. Well,
0: because think about it. If you're looking intense, if you're really worked up and animated, their emotions are naturally going to be protected. If you're looking at them, you're calm, you're collective, say, hey, listen, I know this is a hard time. I know, you know you're not happy. Give them the benefit of the doubt. So I just want to let you know that I trust that you're going to work this out and you're going to make this right. You're going to figure it out. Let's say they made a mistake. It would allow them to feel remorse for what they've done. But if we're intense and we're frustrated and angry, how could you do this? Like how many times and this, that's like, oh, this, that, now my whole day's ruined or this, now I got to pay for this. You start going on and on and on. I don't see how someone can be open and vulnerable when all their fight or flight senses are saying, you need to protect yourself because you're under
1: attack. Let me ask you this. How do you, as a, as a parent, let's say you're in this situation and you know that you don't want to like trigger that, oh, well, so you don't care about my feelings type of a situation. How do you non-triggering, non-guilt trip creating say you know what happened tonight it it really upset me and I don't know how you feel about it I don't know obviously I don't know all the details but I I was really upset and worried and I didn't like feeling like that like is that okay like is there a better way to share how you feel about the situation?
0: No, well, I mean, granted, we're being very general. It totally depends upon the situation. But everything you just said wasn't bad at all. In fact, that's a whole lot better than being keyed up, worked up. I guess, you, up. Hate I guess, I guess
1: you, you hate me. I guess you hate me. I guess, guess no matter what I do, it'll
0: never be good <laughs> enough for you. I, I mean, those are all guilt trips. And you know, those are what I call questioning statements. I guess, I guess I'm damned okay? I do, damned if I don't, no matter what I'll do, I'll never be happy. I'm not good enough as your parent. And so... Yeah, I mean, it's if we're to talk about our feelings, the go-to always is just to state, hey, listen, I don't know what you're thinking or feeling. I'm not going to tell you how to think or feel, but I can tell you, like, I I feel bad right now. I feel bad for you. I feel bad for the situation. You know, yeah, I feel angry and frustrated, but at the same time, I, I just feel worried and concerned. And I don't know how you feel. You don't have to tell me exactly how you feel but I do know that you're going to help make it right. Because mm-hmm. so I like, ide- that reassurance. Yeah. Like. Ideally you got to give human beings, especially the ones that you know, even everybody has a kid that they feel cares less than the other ones, but even that one you got to give them the benefit of the doubt that they, they care somewhere in there. There is some type of caring now, maybe stacked, Maybe uh, down underneath a whole bunch of layers of insecurities and and protectiveness and and you know being guarded because they feel like they've been hurt. But that's the problem. We have to sift through all that muck and get down to the compassion and caring.
1: Yeah. I I mean I think that we I I, I love that anyway. Yeah. So one more question. Yeah. Let's do one more. All right. One more question. Let's let's see, I had one. Now, we probably need to do a whole episode on this. Only because this is probably in my, you know, future next few years. Of in-laws at some point. This one sounds pretty rough, though. What should you do if your newly married son disown you and his entire family after he gets married? We have not even seen him since his wedding day.
0: So first thing you want to do is not make the assumption that they disowned you. Now, I don't know the details of the situation, but it's easy to take someone not wanting to be around you. um, People not, you know, because their wedding date could have been two months ago. I don't know. Like, you know, they're traveling, whatever. This is an interesting thing that I see in a lot of family systems. And I don't know this, I mean, I know nothing except for what you just read. So I'm taking a huge leap in an assumption by sharing this information with you. So here's what I see a lot. You'll have a husband and a wife. Let's just use the traditional relationship, right? One of those two people's family, the woman or the male, they're going to have a tighter relationship with their family and expect the other partner to come over and be adopted into that relationship and that kind of be their go-to. Red Rover. Exactly. So basically what happens is some people are more accommodating and more willing to just kind of just go along and do whatever their partner's routine is. For me, when I for when I got married, it was all my wife's family. My wife's family spends tons of time together. They have dinners, this and that. My family hadn't been in the same room in 27 years together. So if that tells you anything <laughs> about that. So me going on to her side, it wasn't even like it was an option. It was like, well... I'm not doing anything with my family anytime soon. So I guess I'll come hang out with you guys. So it was a given, but some young couples specifically, they'll have a close relationship with their family and they both, the families have a hard time figuring this out. Like I, this is our girl. Like she's always here with us. Like we're willing to share her with you. (laughs) However, we just kind of always do this. And if she wasn't there, it wouldn't be the same. And, Sometimes you're going to be more likely to have, and for this woman's question, I believe you said it was a woman. I don't know if it's okay. For this person's question, it's going to be difficult to navigate. First of all, you don't even really know these people. How much do you really know about your new son-in-law? Give this some time. If you take the initial approach that they've disowned us and there has nothing, nothing's happened for them to actually have real proof to disown you, then you need to pump the brakes and let things play out for a little bit. You don't know what's going on with that family. You can assume. And if you're going to assume things are going to, to be protective things about your daughter and your way of life, let it play out. Talk to your daughter about it. Tell her, say, listen, I know you guys got a lot going on. I just just want to make sure that we're all good. And, you know, if there's something that we said or if there's something that happened, like just let us know. And we'll try to work through that and talk to them about it. Um we're more than welcome to, to be inviting, but maybe this just takes some time. Just acknowledge what I just said, that sometimes it takes a little while for couples to figure out how much time is going to be spent. I've had young couples, this one young man comes to mind, they've been married a year, and in his mind, when I told him, listen, you got to share time with her family, his response was, well, how are we going to do all this stuff with my family then? <laughs> and I like looked at him like, this kid doesn't get it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like, sharing, like it's only fair. And he looked at me like, well, but then we. Wouldn't. Yeah, but my family's so much cooler. And like we always hang out, like he never even considered that when he got married to a woman who's also close with her family, the same reason why you like her is because she came from a good family. So she'd split time. And he's like, Yeah, but I don't like any things that their family does. I'm like, Exactly. You don't have to like it. It's sharing time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know where else we share a lot of time that we don't like? Sometimes it starts with a W, it ends with an orc. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's at in laws' house. It's just. It's just something that you don't have to love, but that if you choose to do, it's going to be a whole lot better. So have a conversation with her, take, taking that that information that this may be a transitional time, but do not jump to conclusions thinking that they disowned or abandoned, because then what happens to your mindset?
1: Defensive. Defensive
0: mad. itself. Now you may put off vibes and energy and you know have little body languages to show that you're disinterested in him when he comes around.
1: Right. Because now he's a threat. Exactly. You know. Honestly, we could probably start a new podcast called Light the (laughs) In-Laws, you know, because this is a tough topic. And I remember, I mean, it's 24 and a half years ago, but, you know, there was this, it was tough to navigate in the beginning. And we both did things a certain way. Our families were very similar, like same cultures, same religion, even with the same number of kids. My husband and I were both the oldest, and so there's a lot of similarities, but still really different. And, um, and it's hard to sort of adjust your loyalty <laughs> because the adu- fact is the loyalty has to adjust in when you get married, and so it's tricky. Anyway, so watch for that new podcast coming. <laughs> oh man! Anyway, I really want to be a good mother-in-law, so that's why we got to start this podcast now. Okay so i can learn (laughs) all right you guys by the way colton's not engaged that's i this is all preliminary preparatory plowing the field you know all that (laughs) so um anyway i think we're gonna wrap it up there
0: yeah just give a shout out to our sponsor yes
1: yes thank you david you're really he's really good at firing off those questions and i and i was like (gasps) i don't know um
0: and thank you guys for being patient with those questions. We've been last episode we didn't get to any, so we just wanted to fire off a bunch of questions today and and I will plan on getting to some more next week as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So big shout out to um our community partner that is Win is Contacts, and they have really been an amazing support to us and actually you know And their
0: contacts don't suck.
1: Right. They're pretty amazing. So get and it and their customer service, amazing, tons of awards. Um, I keep on running into people all over the valley that they'll be like, "Hey, I, I yeah, well, I work at 1-800. <laughs> and so they've done a really good job at helping their um, helping their employees know more about us, and that's that's been cool. They really care about their employees. So also, if you're looking for a place to work, I want to get a job there. You know, I sh- don't have any scrapbooker openings, so that's hard.
0: Just tell them everybody needs name tags. There are new ones. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to do a day interview with each individual, their colors, what type of scheme they want to run yes, on the name tag. I think
1: there's really something I can do. And
0: then after sure you go about. through name tags and you do hall passes, bathroom passes, <laughs> so you get up and leave their desk.
1: Oh, my gosh. You guys, thank you for listening, as always. Thank you for telling your friends about it. Every time we get a message, it's like, oh, my friend told me about this or that. Um, talk about it. Tell people what you're learning. Um, we really appreciate that. We love the opportunity to help as many people as we can um, spread this light because these issues, um, they don't go away by themselves. And we can all just use kind of more information on improving relationships. It just improves the quality of our life for sure. So thanks for listening. And as always, thank you for helping us to light the fight.